All right, good enough. So yeah, did you get my uh, my my recent voice text that I sent you? Yeah, is that how did you you recorded that on your computer? Yeah, I saw it was calling, and I suspected it was them again. Is it the same number? No, it was a different number, and it was a different person. But it's did like, they ask for Corrado? Yeah, did you not hear it? No, I heard I, I did, but I didn't hear the end. I guess. I, I heard it and I was like, is that, I thought you were sending me a different one. I didn't realize that happened fucking just now. It happened as soon as we hung up. Fuck, we missed it. Well, I, I, I recorded it so I can play it right now if we're just quiet. Ready? Quiet. Hello? Hi, who is this? Who's this? Katarina, I'm looking for a Corrado. Yeah, that's the wrong number. Alright, thank you. I'm sorry. Yep, bye. Lopez? I, I muted because I thought you were going to play it. <laughs> oh, no. I wasn't going to play it. I, I'm going to cut it in later in post. All right. And then timestamp it, obviously. Brilliant. Okay. Amazing. Um, Jesus. I I thought you were kidding about getting recordings like that. I guess you no. get them quite a bit. The, and this was like a lady who didn't believe that the guy who was calling did it right. So she's probably like, oh, Corrado's probably just joking with you, Bernie. Let me call. And then she called the wrong number from a different phone and asked for Corrado again. That's amazing. And she goes, I answer. I go, hello. She goes, who is this? I was like, you called me. <laughs> Did you say that? No, but like thinking on it, like clearly she uh. knows it's not going to be Corrado if she's like, who is this? They must think I kidnapped Corrado. Oh my god, that's amazing. You should just, if someone else calls you, you should just be like, I have her here. <laughs> she's with She's with me. I think it's probably a guy. Marcy, stop. Is it squirrels? I should probably check this one. Give me a sec. All right. You have a guest? Yeah, I have a guest. Yeah, no, my wife is home. Oh. It sounded like she hadn't seen Marcy in a while by her reaction. <laughs> well, that's the normal reaction that we give Marcy whenever someone comes home from not being home, because then it's it's nice. She's she needs Marcy needs a lot of love. She's a very uh, she's a loving hound. But she told me not to let her out because there's a dog outside too. So just a wild dog. Yeah, we have um, our so in the winter, our neighbors are different neighbors. Um, because that's a Vermont thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people like people do the snowbird thing, rent out their places for the winter right. for the people who actually like skiing and shit. So. The guy who's normally the caretaker um, of kind of all of the grounds for a pretty big property. Oh, Marcy got a bone. That's nice. Um, he, in the winter, because they have some other guy plow, he doesn't take care of the plowing. This couple stays down here. One of them works with uh, the Vermont Cranberry Company. Um 
which is... Are there cranberries in Vermont? Yeah. There's you, one... You have bogs? There's one bog, yeah. Is it man-made? Yeah. Uh, I figured it would have to be. Yeah. If I know anything the... about bogs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't think you have to... Like, flooding isn't the only way you can have cranberries. But anyway, um, this guy, uh, Bob... Cram- everyone calls him Cranberry Bob. He's the oh guy... Oh, my God. That's awesome. Is it? I mean, that's... It's a lot of stuff around here is kind of like that. Well, there used um, to be, I don't know if it was just in, in Albany or Colony or whatever, but like there used to be a restaurant called the Cranberry Bog. Oh, that's amazing. So Cranberry Bob is Cranberry Bog. It makes perfect sense. It does make perfect sense. Cranberry Bob is very nice. He used to work very closely with the winery. Um, so close, in fact, that um, if you can imagine as if... You know, me calling you by last name is what I usually call you, and vice versa. Imagine you were that close to Cranberry Bob. What would you call him? You call him just Cranberry. So, when I was working at the winery, my boss at the winery would be like, Oh, was Cranberry just here? I'd be like, yeah, he he was. He's like, oh, all right, missed him. You know, and that happens kind of a lot like monthly pretty much be like be like is cranberry here like yeah he's he's downstairs talking to the winemaker all right i'll you know so that that happened kind of a lot um yeah imagine imagine you just called your you know you know because you're you're tight with them i mean they they worked together for a long time cranberry bob was the original winemaker at the winery i wish his name was barry and then they could just call him (laughs) cranberry Oh, that's 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 somehow funnier. Wow. Oh my god. Um. And why? You made it sound like the person you work with or your boss or whatever is constantly missing. Like he's never seen Cranberry Bob. He's like, oh, is Cranberry here? Ah, oh, I missed him. Damn. That's kind of true. So like that happened a lot at the winery. Actually, it happens a lot in Vermont. Period. I don't know why. It's not necessarily inexplicable, but it's something that's just like... Well, there's so much land and so few people. Yeah, that's kind of like... <laughs> that's kind of the vibe, actually. So, Like yes. ships passing in the night. Right. Is that a thing? I mean, it, it's a saying. Oh, is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Ships passing in <laughs> the night. But no, the... Um, you you do end up missing people kind of a lot. People always ask where you other people know are. Knowyourphrase.com. That's a thing? Yeah. Uh, oh. Ships passing in the night. Meaning, commonly said about two people who meet for a short time, share a few words, only to separate and continue on their way. Never to, never to see each other again. Oh, okay. That's... Real weird. Origin. The ocean is a big place. So, wow. <laughs> so what are the odds of two ships sailing directly past each other? Which is what I was referring to by by the size of Vermont and the few people that are there. I you're ha- tying it in. What's up? <laughs> I said you're tying it in. Yep. I have no... <laughs> for, the, for the listeners at home, I have oh, no God. idea, but it's probably not very high. It doesn't... Oh, he just asked like a rhetorical question in his, his origin definition here. <laughs> and then answered it. Is the ocean a big? The ocean is a big place. So, what are the odds of two ships sailing directly past each other? 
I have no idea, but it's probably not very high. <laughs> if, I it, mean... if it does occur, though, and it happens to be at night, the ships may shine a light on the other in order to acknowledge the, pres- the other's presence. The shining of the light can be seen as a greeting, as if the ships are talking to one another. Okay, stop. This guy's horrible. The ocean is a big place, so what are the odds of two ships sailing directly past each other? I have oh no god. idea. <laughs> oh my god. What, what, what other what phrases? Was it, what was I saying? Oh, cranberry. Phrases and idioms. Um, We can't do phrases and idioms on this thing. I can't do idioms. It's under S. and <laughs> Scott free. Let's look at Scott free. Really? I would have assumed it had to do with, with having no Scottish people. No, it's like, uh, was it Scott Paper Towels or something? Yep, it's all based on Scott Paper Towels. <laughs> Getting away freely from custody, punishment, or anything really. Oh, alright. Origin. The phrase is believed to have its origins somewhere in the 12th century, as that's when a Scot was a, was a tax a person could have to pay to, in England. I guess. Okay, that's a very weird. Anyway, I can't. I can't do idioms. I don't. I don't do idioms. I'm not good at them. Well, what? Because you're pretending to be European or something? No, I just. I was raised by uh, someone fully apathetic and uh, someone else who didn't know them. So, what? I mean, what does apathy or empathy or anything have to do with idioms? Apathy. It, it, It. it has if you don't care and don't use them like if it's not you know um ingrained in your in your family to use idioms then you don't use idioms you know like but none you, of them no, but no but you still exist in the world so people use them around you right but people would say them and i would just shrug and go okay you know the obvious ones are obvious but you know like um like I, like I love, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. That's a great one, right? No. Are you asking me? No, that's a that's a that's an idiom. Yeah, it's an idiom. Yeah, it's an it's a good one because it makes sense. Why? But like, I I mean, uh, why is the, that your reference for a good one? How many horses have you been given? Oh, I like it because it's also it's also historical, right? It, it gives you it gives you simultaneously it gives you the sense of idioms origins go far back as getting gift horses and you know you've been they've been idioms have been a thing for like ever there are no modern idioms that have to do with like computers and technology sure there are no there aren't you're saying definitively there are no idioms that have to do with technology or computers find me one We can make one up. I feel like some exist. I mean, they might exist, but they're not like as well known as some other ones. Anyway, that the whole the I gave we gave the example uh, a few episodes ago with Beehive. You know, my dad doesn't know. Let's make a beeline, but he's heard it before, and so his mind changed it to, let's make a beehive. Right. So he still uses idioms, he just doesn't use them correctly. 
I mean, he might use them correctly. It's like us saying it's 601 half a dozen. Uh-huh. Six of the rest. Uh-huh. Or whatever. Everyone always messes that one up for some reason. No, I think we just do it on purpose. <laughs> no, they did it on that show, remember? Mm. Remember they did, uh, it was Nick Kroll's line, I think. They did, he did 601, six of the rest. Oh, Life and Times of Tim? Yeah. Yeah. Nick Kroll made that joke. It's like... I think the joke is people, you know, mess up idioms all the time. Reading a lot of uh, context into that. Oh boy, I, you know, I guess, I guess, I, isn't that what it is? Don't you read into everything? Um, <sighs> I, I searched for computer idioms. Did I tell you about the guy who I've now gotten two cars from? Um, one was for free. One for for two hundred dollars. And he has probably like twenty-seven chainsaws, and he wouldn't sell me one of them. That's his thing, man. He's that's that's what his hoard's about. He likes hoarding that shit. But it's not. That's not what his thing's about. His thing's about being into things, being really good at them, and then giving up on them eventually. Like he's he was super into old diesel benzes. Now he's done with diesel benzes. Hence, I got a free one. He has like five different 90s Audi Quattros. I got one of those for really cheap and it's been the car I've been driving. Um he just for some reason he like I don't know, he 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 does things, but he has so many chainsaws and I just need one chainsaw. And he like offered to come up sometime and like take down some trees he wants a reason to use his chainsaws but he doesn't want to give you one of his chainsaws but like what what would be the issue if you just had 26 chainsaws instead of 27 all of a sudden i mean those are his chainsaws though he doesn't want to give you a chainsaw he wouldn't he wouldn't have a complete collection you don't know maybe maybe they're all serialized and they all came off in different like model years i don't know all i know is i need a chainsaw because i need to cut down that precarious tree that's in my driveway there's a tree there's you a tree that no you don't need to do that you're you're the owner of the property needs to hire someone to do that you shouldn't be cutting trees down on your property i want to do it i know you want to but it's going to end up like going through the roof of your house no it's it's like a it's like an eighth of a mile away from the house it's down the driveway what if you what if it falls on the sugar lines there are no sugar lines down there. What if it falls on a passerby? There will be no humans around when I do it. You'll be there. Yeah, but I'm gonna stand on the other side of the tree. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna hit it. I'm not gonna cut you, down a tree. You, you, <laughs> you. I know what side of the tree you want to be on when it falls, but you, you don't have the. Uh, how big is this thing? Are we talking like maybe like six inches around? Are we talking like full tree, like a like a big old trunk? It's it's um, I mean I can probably fit my arms all the way. I could probably hug it, but that's about it. It's it's decent sized. I mean, it, you think you know where it's gonna fall, but if you're cutting it yourself, I I'm calling it right now. It's gonna fall on you, and it's gonna hammer you into the ground like a Looney Tunes cartoon. No, it definitely won't. I mean, it's it's big around and it's pretty long. I mean, it's uh, it's it it's 
it's it's taller than the house. It's more than two stories tall, but it is laying across at almost a perfect forty-five degree angle, pretty much, um, from the driveway. I mean, it's it's just fully diagonal when you're looking out, but it's leaning against. It's bent another littler tree along with it, and now that littler tree is growing in that weird kind of off direction and it's leaning on another tree that's alive on the other side of the driveway so it just is forever leaning there and we've had so many windstorms and so you know so much weather up here and it hasn't moved it's just in its spot so so it's already horizontal with the ground is what you're saying no 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 it's um no it's uh it's 40 i'm um, it's 45 degrees like or right at, like straight up and down would be 90 degrees right and then cut that in half yeah it's equidistant with horizontal and vertical i just waiting to hear the worst it's not i mean it's it's not gonna fall anytime soon i mean the also the chances of it falling on like a car or something are extremely slim i mean we drive down the driveway all the time but oh no i'm just waiting to hear that you attempted to cut it and it swung the other way and took your leg off or it (laughs) it started to fall and it like ate up the chainsaw chain which broke and then that cut your leg off why do you have to say that word all the time what word leg why not i don't know because you say that that and and it's leg and egg you say really weird don't deflect don't deflect my concerns about your ability to cut a tree down by calling out the way i say leg and egg i'm just saying it's like the the weird old school albany accent that you you very rarely hear it's not the i I, it's what it is (laughs) i don't think so because I have, I have friends who have old school Albany parents and they don't say it like that. It's unique to like my mom or dad. I don't even know who. So you get it from one side of the family or the other? I guess so. But yeah, I, I can foresee the, the cutting of a tree to be uh, dangerous. No, it's going to be great. I All can't right. wait. Okay. Will you please film it so we can put it on YouTube? First timer first timer uses chainsaw. Borrowed chainsaw. And then like everyone, wouldn't everyone say, wouldn't will click on it because they think the worst is gonna happen, but then they just go smoothly and everyone gets disappointed from the video. <laughs> I need to I need to take a, a a pause. Can I clap for a pause? Sure. I don't know why you needed to clap for a pause, but Sorry, we had to talk about like things that are happening. Bill and Jenny are coming over today. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um so they're down in the Mad River Valley. Um, which when the mountain road is closed like it is right now because of obvious reasons um, it's a, it put it like adds another 40 minutes to the drive basically maybe 30 minutes um, anyway it's it's longer 
So usually it's really nice when you can just take the mountain road and, and get there. And it's not like we see each other less. We see each other kind of a lot still. Um, we do hang out a lot together. But they come up here more, um, I think, because our house is a little bit more conducive to having company. Um, and, and, I mean, our, our place is very nice. They live... Um, they live at a higher elevation than we do, actually, which is kind of funny. Um, they do get quite a bit of snow, but they're in like this little, I don't know, this little, it's called Horseshoe Road. It's a little road with um, a bunch of, you know, houses kind of sporadically thrown in. And it's like, it, it's very, it's very weird, but they're like in between um, two ski resorts. So their area is pretty highly traversed either way they're coming up and i have to text jenny now and tell her that she can come because they're coming separately because bill has something to do for work bill always has like a job where he has to do some really important things on weekends it's very i i I never understand it really (laughs) sometimes i like to just let you continue talking about the most myopic things that you have, right? Myopic? The, 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 like, the, the smallest things, like the things that's only appealing to two people. And this time it's a lot about Bill, who is on record for not listening to the podcast. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're literally talking to no one about places none of us know. So, <laughs> in great detail, I might say. Yeah, I know. It- you're giving us weather and humidity updates, like <laughs> geographic locations and elevations. I like, I, yeah, I guess myopic is a good way to describe that. This is, but the, isn't that the the beauty of this is that you got you get to kind of see the inner workings of us individually in many ways. You can be yourself. You know, I like details like that because I find them interesting. I know, I I, and, and I like to let you go, like have a lot of space there because I want to see how long you go before you realize that no one is listening. Forever, I will go. For, people's eyes will glaze over, and I'll watch it happen, and I'll keep going. I don't know why I keep going. I it's like I have to say it. You know, yeah. I I find things like elevation to me incredibly interesting. I, you know, no, I, and and to be fair, like you talking about random shit without stopping is preferable because I I could I could just sit here and not say anything in silence and that would be the podcast. I'm okay with awkward <sighs> silences. <laughs> I mean, yeah, awkward silences are fine. Oh my god, I should tell you, the best of awkward silences always happens <laughs> between there. Okay, so there are these guys who um, shit. I gotta text Jenny. Um, I'm just gonna write. Come whenever. Um, came is home. Okay. Uh, I can't multitask, so I had to say that aloud. Um, there's a there's this. You would freak out if you saw this. There are these guys who um we get their um they're machinists. Okay, they make stuff for us right. at work. Okay. They drive an hour and a half to deliver almost weekly, okay? They don't deliver that much stuff, okay? But they deliver machine stuff. So the stuff is probably pretty expensive overall, right? Right. 
but it's also one of a kind stuff. I mean, it's stuff that doesn't exist. There's it, the reason why they're machining, making, you know, using jigs, doing their whole whatever you do when you weld and shit. The reason why they're doing this or why they they have a business is because fabrication is huge when it doesn't exist mass produced or let's let's even say it doesn't exist mass produced anymore. So, specifically car parts, you know, think of floor panels when uh, floor panels rust out, um, you know, floor pans, uh, you know, I mean, alternator brackets, you know, just these things that are very specific to specific cars. Like I spent, I spent the better part of like two months once looking for the specific alternator bracket for one of, for my Volkswagen because I wanted to delete the AC compressor out of the car. So I had to find one that was like, you know, two inches. You know, it it moved the entire bracket like two inches over so that the belts would line up. But to find this, I had to find a non-AC car from only two years. You know what I mean? It would have been so much better had I been like, hey, can you make me this? You know, so that's what these guys do. And they're machinists, guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but that's that's brilliant. That's amazing. It, it, it's amazing to me that people can still, like, make up a, a living doing that. And I'm sure they do a bunch of other stuff. Anyway, the, the point is they drive, like, an hour and a half to get to the place. And an hour and a half, obviously, home. And they only drive these V8s, okay? There's it, never a, ga- a gas-saving vehicle in the lot, okay? It's so old school. Like, I feel like they pretend it's 1995 and gas is like a dollar and a half or something a gallon. But, like, I guess probably back then it was a dollar a gallon. Anyway, these guys are so hilarious. They're, like, exactly what you would expect from some, like, backwoods, you know, proud redneck guys who just like do one thing and do it really well and i just i love that they deliver you know weekly i love but anytime they come in and they talk there are like these looming things like orders we've ordered from them that are kind of outstanding that they just haven't gotten around to and i don't know if it's like harder specifically to do certain jobs than other jobs but like they'll give us some things that you know, I don't think were ordered because they were like had the setup ready. So it's like, you know, half of that and then half of, you know, we're still waiting on like important parts that have already been like ordered by the customer. Like the end user is still dying for this thing that hasn't been made. And so it's just really funny to me. Anyway, you know, whenever that comes up, and the other thing is that these guys are kind of elusive, too. They'll come in and try to sneak in and drop off and just cut out really quick. So, and and the best part is I have a check to give him every single time he comes. So I can hold the check ransom and go find all the people in the building. And this kind of ties in with what we were saying uh, last episode with, you know, trying to find people um, that are just like, oh, did you see him? Oh, no, I just missed him or you just missed him or whatever. But I have to – I basically run around the building with the check in my hand so they – I know they won't leave without the check, right? You know, And I have to take it because 
I don't know if someone else is going to go get the check and bring the check to them and then they'll leave. You know what I mean? So I go get the check, snatch it up, go race around the entire building, which takes me not long, like maybe two minutes, but like try to find my boss and uh, the other person who has my job who they because they want to talk to him, even if it's one little thing to say, oh, don't worry about this, yada, yada, yada. It's so fucking funny. These guys just, like, would love to just get in, get out, not talk to anyone, get their check, drop off, and be done with it. It's just, it's such a funny, it's a great interaction. Anyway, this this week, I I had to be like, hey, did you bring me that part that you didn't bring me last week that totally, like, you know, ruined my entire, like, I was setting up all the stuff because one of my coworkers, who usually does all the work, wasn't there. So... My other coworker was like, you could probably do this. This is how he does this. And he explained to me how you process this particular vendor. And I was like, Jesus, that's he does this every time? That's a huge pain in the ass. It takes like, you know, 10 minutes to do one order. That's so inefficient. But anyway, I I did it and the guy had shorted me a piece. So I have this, I can't have an invoice that doesn't match what I'm putting in. So anyway, that kind of screwed me over. So I went down and I said, you know, hey, do you have that piece for me? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's right here. I don't know where it was. Must have gotten lost in the truck. (laughs) So after that, my boss and my other coworker had already been there. uh, And I took my piece and ran away. But I'm still in the same room. They just can't see me. It's just on the other side of this huge, huge, like, warehouse room. But I'm listening and them talking, and they're just hemming and hawing, and it's just, like, oh, God, a solid, like, 15 seconds of awkward silence, and I had to leave. I couldn't handle it. I can usually handle awkward silences pretty well. I ran away. I was like, this is unbelievable. They were like, well, nothing. It was so good. And then finally the guy was like, I guess we better get going. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Sorry if that's only funny to me, but that's it was funny. I I thought you lost the thread there for a second, but you brought it back to awkward silences. I know. (laughs) Sorry. I think maybe my issue mentally is that I string myself through so many different tangents, Mm -hmm. but I still have the underlying thought in there somewhere. Like, uh, like when I was trying to explain to you that I ran through the snow to get the, uh, dishcloth. That was mostly so that I could tell you what Marcy looked like at that moment, which was laying on my pants on the floor. Um, but I, I totally lost that one. I forgot to tell you that entirely. So that's where that stemmed from in my mind. Gotcha. The inner the inner monologues of two not-so-interesting men. <laughs> I mean, we got some interesting things. I mean, we there. definitely we definitely do, and interesting stories and shit. Um, at some point, I want you to tell... I want you to tell Bagel story. Bagel story. Uh, we did that yeah. last season. Yeah, but last What's, season doesn't who's exist. Who's yelling over there? Are there people yelling? I have I have headphones in, so I can't hear if someone was yelling. 
Oh no, it's me. I <laughs> I've seen that <laughs> Wait, it's on, wait, it's on your side? Yeah. It's in my headphones. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, no, like oh, cuz wait, do you have your monitor on? My computer monitor? No, like your audio monitor. Can you hear yourself? No. Yeah, okay. So you just hear what goes into the mic from what's in the background of your place. I hear what's coming through my speakers, which is you, and then anything that I play in the computer. Do you not have headphones in? I have a headphone in. Okay. Monophone. How were we getting that audio bleeding on on the first episode, anyway? The first episode was through... I was using my uh, iPhone headphones, and I don't know, but... I stopped using those and I have like this head like this little headphone thing from a PS4 that it only goes in one ear and then I put my uh my expensive earmuffs over them oh my and God. we get no bleed this way. Oh but my headphones cuz otherwise you would hear Mexican radio. I don't want to run that risk, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the wedding cookies. I mean, it wasn't Mexican radio. It was just like, it was, it might have been like a warning or something. I'm not really sure what it was. It was just one man talking on like an AM frequency in Spanish. <laughs> uh, we get that here, except for we get it in French. Right. Uh, just the, the dirty Quebecois. Which I like, actually. Listening to, it's it's sometimes kind of funny. I feel like they laugh a lot. Well, that was the best thing when I was out there this past year. We were driving and listening to the radio because it didn't have an iPod hookup or something, or we just weren't using it. And we were listening to a, a, a Quebecois uh, radio station, and that's how we uh, heard that awesome French pop song. Oh, my God. Did you write that down? I downloaded his album. <laughs> Shut up. There are some songs that... There are some songs that sound like French Tom Waits. You have his entire album? What he's he's got a bunch of them. I have one of them. Wow. You you bought the album oh, that yeah. that had the song that we were listening to on it. Bernard Adamus, oh number my two. God, that's right. How did I forget that? Where were we driving? In Vermont. Where were we going? It was me, you, and Kim. I think it was coming back from like a like just a brewery road trip day or something like that. Oh, that makes sense, I guess. Ah, uh, brewery road trip day. I can't wait till those days come back. We got a little bit more to go. A little bit of mud season, and then boom, boom, boom. Mud season sounds awful. Yeah, it's... we have that here though too, and it, yeah. it usually means mudslides. So rich people lose their houses. Wow. That's not the same thing here. Because it gets, it's like so dry for so long that the root system doesn't exist. So when rain comes, nothing's holding it together. So uh-huh. their their mansions in the hills and on the cliffs start like just falling. Holy shit. Do people die and stuff? Not really. People just can't get their houses insured because they're building them on stupid, unstable hills. It's all rich people. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, mud season here is when, uh, because there are so many dirt roads, when all the snow melts onto them, mm-hmm. um, the roads are 
worse to drive on than any possible snow because right. you just get caught in the ruts of the tires that went before you and before them and before them. Yeah. It's horrendous. So basically you just feel like you're driving on uh out of control uh like wobbly uh like like a tra- like train rails or something. It's uh-huh. ridiculous. So that's that's mud season in Vermont. But who's Bill McKibben? Am I supposed to know who that is? Am I supposed to know who that is? Am I supposed to know who that is? Why are you asking me? I don't know. Mc- Bill Bill Gibbon? texted everybody and said, Oh my god, Bill McKibben is here. McKibben? B B E N? Uh yeah. He's an author, educator, and environmentalist. He Great. wrote something called Oil and Honey. Which I'm sure Bill has read. I think he's about he, he writes about the honeybees, it looks like. Can we have Bill on the show at some point? He doesn't want to be on the show. Yeah, that's why I want him on the show. I think it would be great. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I forgot to mention Twitter handles. Um, and I wanted to do that because I want... I want the first person who thinks they're the first person who doesn't know either of us to reach out and be like, it's me. Okay, that, that's cool. I am on twitter uh at light years and do you want yours too i don't care and guiley is at consider apathy (laughs) Uh, and our uh podcast email is also 2928.digital at gmail the number is 2928 there you go and that is uh, that is how we say the show, not two thousand. We say twenty nine, twenty eight. Yeah, twenty nine, twenty eight. Yeah, six of one, six of the other. There you go. Uh, Jesus, I felt like there was something that we said that was going to lead me somewhere, and I forgot what it was. Going to lead you. When did we say what? Oh. I remember. I have specifically brought my... So, the last time we did this... Every time we do this, I should say. I bring my coffee pot over to over to the to the desk with me. Yeah. Um, and, okay. We just entered the new world, the next level of coffee making and water boiling because we got an electric kettle okay and i also simultaneously with getting an electric kettle i got a brand new coffee grinder too right because our old coffee grinder bit the dust and apparently it wasn't a real burr grinder anyway so i got a real burr grinder Mm -hmm. and that combination of electric kettle and uh, new coffee grinder has been life changing. It's so much more efficient to have just good equipment doing the things that you like. I drink coffee every day. It's so much better to have just efficient stuff 
doing things behind like you know kim said earlier we were like she's like we're the last people in the world to not have an electric kettle she said i I don't have an electric kettle i know but you live in a small little place i have have an induction burner though she i really like a like that you would put like a beaker on yeah wow or like use as a hot plate yeah exactly that's exactly what i'm thinking of does it have the magnet in it that spins the thing that spins the fluids i've never opened it wait wait what are you talking (laughs) about a centrifuge (laughs) no (laughs) no you know remember um the hot plates in uh in chemistry where you'd put like the little pill shaped thing that was a magnet and through the glass it would spin you just click the spin thing no no so you would have jesus this is going to be hard to explain yeah what are you talking about there's a hot plate okay and it's there to 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 obviously heat up whatever you're talking about a bunsen burner Uh, no because isn't bunsen burner open flame yeah that you light you light with the (laughs) scraper thing the flint and scrapey thing okay absolutely stop it i'm not talking about that at all that's I would use a fucking – I'm think that thing I only ever used in shop for the acetylene torch. You used a, an acetylene torch in fucking shop? Oh, yeah. God damn it. Why? Did I, you? W- I went – I was in junior high public school, and then I went to Christian military high school. Uh-huh. I well, loved, you got, to, you got I, to shoot guns. I loved shop. And I loved, like, woodworking, and I really wanted to take, like, automotive, and I also really wanted to take uh, mechanical drawing. Yeah. Mechanical drawing was, like, when I was in sixth grade, they were offering it in seventh grade. When I got to seventh grade, they started offering it in eighth grade. When I got to eighth grade, they moved it to a high school course. Wow. When I moved to high school, I moved to the military uh, Christian school. The only two electives they have there are religion and military science. And they weren't electives; they were like part of the curriculum. So there was no uh, there was no wood shop. So like we never got past like after eighth grade when my last shop class was, we never got past like woodworking tools or anything like that. So I never got to use torch or I never we never had any uh, automotive classes or anything like that. And I never got to take mechanical drawing, and that's why I'm not an architect. Do you think you would have been? I mean, I re- I was really interested in it when I was growing up, but probably not. I don't know. Wow, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, we... I, I don't know. They taught us how to use an acetylene torch um, when I was in seventh grade. Uh-huh. Um, that was part of the curriculum then. I, we might not have like heavily used it until ninth grade, I think, maybe. Um, but they at least taught us the basics of all of the equipment in shop so that we could safely be around all of it i guess right so like you know basic things like i think we're supposed to put yeah like when you when you light it i think the oxygen has to be like fully on is what i remember and then you lower the oxygen right um according to what you know flame you want he you know he taught us yeah mr hayes was fucking amazing too he was a great shop teacher. Also, we didn't call it shop. My parents called it shop, and that's why 
I've called it shop because the entire world in America calls it shop. But and my they... school call it technology. Yeah, so did we. That's so weird, huh? It's not technology. It's the complete opposite of technology. Because <laughs> it's all shop equipment from like 1950. So it's... <laughs> it's it's actually heritage technology is what it is. Um, it's, it's the absence of technology. <laughs> <laughs> there were there was not even a computer in, no. our, sh- in our shop class. Not one. Um, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and this is like already like, the, you know... I'm 30 years old. You're 33, right? Yeah. This is this is you know the early 2000s we're talking about. We're not talking about like uh before before the 90s. dawn of email. Yeah, it's well whatever. Not by a lot. I mean. I mean, I graduated I, in 2001. All right. Well, I graduated in 2004. Right, because we're three years apart. <laughs> But I said I what? took shop in like seventh and eighth grade, so it would have been even earlier than that. All right, well, like whatever. Four years still, early, so it would have been like nineteen ninety six. It's still okay. Windows ninety five was out, is my point. Like it was that at that point, computers were pretty much everywhere in schools, right? So you were using computers for a lot of things at that point, anyway. No, nope. you know, no, no. We were. I was only using them for uh, typing class up until high school. So when, wow. at the same time I was taking shop, I was just using it for like one class period or whatever. Well, we're we are nailing nostalgia right now. We are just talking about history. This is great. Um, the okay, I did guess. You, the, did you I have mean, overhead projectors still in your classroom? Of course, and okay. we used them. We used them. I mean, up until I was a senior, we were still using them. My my physics professor. Um was the first person to get a smart board in class because he he pushed 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 to get a smart board in his class um and you know up until no yeah through through the last day of my senior year we were still using overhead projectors um specifically we would use it for all the math classes um cuz i guess they would throw problems up on the on the overhead is the way you did it. But um, yeah, no, absolutely. But going back to, to shop, Mr. Hayes was, um, he was amazing. He was in ski club with us and he, he was like a ski club chaperone, whatever. Right. And he just like, just this huge dude. I mean, he's, so you know, maybe six, four, um, but like also built a big dude uh-huh. um, and had this enormous snowboard and could rip on it too. It was like, <laughs> like we like, seriously, it was just ridiculous. Like we, he would like, I was a bit of a, I don't know, more of not like daredevil is the word, but I liked to go fast on my skis and I used an old used set of like straight cut skis um, so I would bomb the hills. I would just go as fast as I possibly could, you know? And I remember he was like, yo, let's race. And I was like, I will cream you. Like you're on a snowboard. There's no way, you know, and that guy could haul ass. And of course, in retrospect, I'm thinking, of course this guy's going to beat me. He's massive. He weighs, you know, twice what I weigh, you know. 
and all he has to do is not fall and he's got me beat basically and we we each bombed the steepest hill at the place we used to go to ski club what peak was your ski club at (laughs) labrador mountain in central new york um Mm. there were two like back to back not back to back but like two ski resorts one was toggenberg and one was labrador and labrador was really small and none of the none of the the um none of the hills were steep like they are the diamonds there are like the squares here maybe you know um so all it's it was a small little ski bump not you know small compared to some places like in the in the greater capital region they're even sm- the ski bumps are even smaller than those but there are no real good mountains to ski in central new york you have to get up to like gore or um what's the what's the place down um in the catskills mount snow is mount snow in the catskills no mount know. mount snow's in vermont we used to do uh jiminy peak my ski club went to jiminy peak every wednesday yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i know about that. i've never been there but that's the that's the place. wait did you ski in high school in junior high and then i yeah. went to a high school that didn't have ski club jesus <laughs> military high school sucks is that a plane on your end? Yeah, there's a plane over here. Amazing. Um, but yeah, Mr. Hayes was awesome. We did uh, we did a project where you would go out in the woods behind school. Oh God! And, <laughs> well, I told you about the orienteering thing, right? We did that, but that was Jim. Um, we would do. We would basically you'd find a stick, right? And we would make walking sticks. Oh, my God. So you would just go and find your perfect stick out in the woods. And you'd bring it in and you'd make your perfect walking stick out of it. So that was one of the projects. We did the we did the bridge project, of course, um, which is hilarious because you spend, like, the better part of three weeks, like, mastering and just making the best, most beautiful intricate bridge you can possibly make that's like no more than i don't know a foot why a foot in length maybe a little longer and the competition at the end is who can handle the most weight so you just strap weight to it until it breaks right did you ever did you ever hear about any other school doing that since you didn't have real shop (laughs) i feel like that's one of the ones that like i don't know if we ever did it but i feel like that's one of the things that gets floated around to like all schools yeah and then the derby cars and stuff like that and racing the derby cars together that's another one we did a co2 cars what where you build a car and then you put little eyelets on the bottom of it so there's a guide string yeah. And then we put CO2 cartridges in it. Right. And, and went back and hammered them with a nail to open up the CO2 cartridge and then erased them. That's amazing. My, my shop teacher was Mr. Sheffer. He was like an assistant coach on the football and lacrosse teams as well. A huge guy um, with like a really dumb haircut. And he <laughs> had he had a, uh, a life-size cutout of Joe Gibbs in our... Uh, in the shop, in the classroom, the uh, 
the uh, he's he's in NASCAR, but he's also like the Red, uh, Redskins coach from way back when. So he was really into NASCAR. So we did CO two car races. What constitutes a dumb haircut? Like it looks like someone put a bowl on his head and then just like uh, cut it out. Just, like he just know. had a he just had a a floppy bowl cut. Yeah, but it was still parted on the side too. It was just like. Oh yeah, that is like dumb. he's a he's a shop teacher who also raised like Angus beef. So he's like wow. haircuts weren't weren't like into it. I just remember him having like weird hair. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. There are a lot of uh you ever think about um you ever see pictures of people and you think wow they you know and like, I've never and for- seen a picture of a person. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> You, do you ever think like, God, this person looks so much better now than they did like in their prime? Like what should have been their prime, they look so stupid or just geeky or whatever it is. But, is, that- it, but is it just because like you're looking at people who are like forty, and so it's from like twenty years ago? I don't know. I, I I just I feel like I've seen pictures of people like in the '90s or around the you know the 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 2000s, uh, the the early aughts, and they don't look as put together as they do now when they're like 50. You know. Well, uh, I mean, all right. It's like there's so much at play there because yeah. how much from 20 years ago actually translates well into now. Right. And you, you also have the com- camera technology from 20 years ago was complete bullshit. So, like, anything that right. you're looking at is going to carry that bias with it that, like, oh, this is dated because he's wearing acid wash and a button-up silk shirt. Right. But it's also shot on a disposable, uh, like, 35 millimeter. And it oh looks... God, that's right. And it looks bad. <laughs> oh, my God. That's and, such... A, I mean, that's such a good point. So, like, I think that into itself, unless it's, like, a timeless-looking picture or something, or it lines up perfectly with what's in the now now, I think you can't view that shit in a vacuum and still judge people on on how good they look. Because when that picture was taken, they might have been, like, the pinnacle of what cool pop culture was. Right. So they're like, what are you talking about? I was fucking awesome back then. Look at my half tank. It's so sweet. All right, okay. I I have a good... I have a good, uh, not necessarily rebuttal, but I have a counterpoint. I have, yes, I have good examples that counter this. Okay, so I'm thinking specifically of my old boss, okay? There's like a picture of him in like 1998, okay? And I understand at play here also is how I personally view something, right? Uh, It's fully my judgment. I'm seeing this, but like I'm looking at this picture and I'm thinking this is what I was just thinking of when I was saying this before is, is my old boss. There's a picture of him. Mind you, he's, he's in his fifties now. I mean, he's, he's like 49 years old. Okay. He is in better shape. He dresses nice. Granted. Yeah. He has, he has money, but they didn't, they weren't poor then necessarily, but there are pictures of him from like 1997, 98, you know, and he just looks, you know, da- it just looks dated. He's like wearing like oversized clothes. And so I'm looking at like all of these, these things 
and thinking, wow, he looks so, you know, weird older glasses, you know, from that were like holdovers from like late 80s, early 90s, like right. glasses he clearly had for way too long, you know, so stuff, stuff like that I'm looking at. And then as opposed to one of my coworkers now, and granted, his entire job is is design and stuff like that. So maybe with who his who he is as a person, you know, there's kind of this inherent, um, you know, may, maybe foresight or cognizance of knowing what you look like at all times and kind of stay. But there are pictures of him from like the same era mid 90s late 90s and the guy looks fantastic you know i mean clothes look good everything's on point you know for the era and these are the same kinds of you know blurry weird disposable 35 millimeter cameras like the best way to describe that because totally you know i didn't even think about you know the shit that they were using at the time to shoot those photos but um but he, you know, this guy looks so much better, but he has style. He still has style, you know, and, you know, you know, super into cars. So maybe it's a little bit more my world, too. And that's why my judgment is a little bit more, you know, it goes contextual with things I like, I guess. So maybe maybe that's it. But well, I mean, I think uh, it's also like each person, how one comfort, like you were saying, how comfortable they are with who they are. Right can be read on, on those cameras, but it's also like people would be compensating, trying to like wear the most, like the most timely styles when the stuff was at, like when the picture was taken. Right. And if you're following styles and shit, that's not necessarily timeless. So, you know, right. a pair of Jenkos doesn't like necessarily translate well 20 years later, but right. I, I wore them in junior high, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah, um, I guess. I so, guess. But, but, if, but if I was just wearing, you know, jeans and a flannel shirt like I am in a lot of pictures, that's fairly timeless for the past forty years, you know. Yeah, definitely. That's um, what I what I wear every day, basically. And if you look at like, if you go back and try to watch sitcoms from the '90s or something like that, or like any yeah. t- any TV or movies from the '90s, it's it's insane to see what people were wearing and what people right. thought was like attractive and smart and shit. Right. Like, because. Like you go back and like everyone's wearing like fucking bowling shirts in the nineties. Like there's weird like, like uh, like puffy, puffy. Yeah, like you know how like dress shirts have like that puffiness to them. Like they're oh yeah, they're, they're like, like billowy. They're all billowy. Yeah, that's a better word for it. Yeah. You go back and you watch like Seinfeld or something like that. And they're all yep. they're all like it's so bizarre. Or like yeah, just from what I remember, just well, go watch Matthew Perry for the past thirty years from Friends. No. No, no, I won't do that. I think he had like Guy Fieri like highlights at some point. Like it's, yeah, it's just like if they're following trends, the trends aren't going to be consistent. Right. So you're automatically building yourself a uh, like a point of obsolescence in how relative that shit is. Right. Uh, The other thing about my coworker now, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, now that you're saying this back to me, is that. He clearly, you know, design is what he does. And so he's kind of the best worst example. Like, he, he's the best example of, of course, the guy's always going to look put together and, and look good and kind of, you know, 
try to embody a look that's more timeless than not you know Mm -hmm. he's definitely less is gonna be wearing less trendy stuff he's also from california and you know therefore probably more cultured because you know didn't he moved from california to vermont you know to i don't know whatever well depends from where from california there's a lot uh like the the place that ever tahoe area i think is where he's from i have no i have no idea about tahoe i don't know anything about it anyway the guy's awesome he's super into um like we have such crazy crossover for the cars we like like where he like he's just more sophisticated like where i like volkswagen he likes porsche Mm -hmm. you know and then everything else is like a huge bed of german car crossover so we're both you know fairly into audi he's more into audi than i am and then uh we're both heavily into mercedes and i'm probably at this point in my life more into mercedes than he is but mercedes is like the cars his grandfather always had so you know he's got that like history and stuff he has all this cool mercedes stuff from his grandfather like and him and his dad or his dad and his grandfather did like some of the earliest like gray market imports into the united states with you know basically european spec vehicles which is exactly what i like what the fuck Uh, are you talking about why are are you equating your relationship to this person based on cars this is well that's my job my job is cars so you know the 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 association that i have with him is that specifically we have this this world that's outside of you know that's within the context of what we do because we work with auto parts and it's funny because you know he's the only other person at my job who's pretty much into the same vehicles as i'm into and that's kind of a weird it's a weird like sub world basically to live in because you know he'll come down and we'll talk and our conversation instantly starts with like chassis numbers right i mean we're talking about or you know like it's hard to explain unless you're a car person it's super weird like people out of context you might as well be speaking an an entirely different language (laughs) i i'm just laughing remembering the (laughs) how we used to just describe your conversation like these these very small insular conversations you used to have for hours at a time at work And we would just look across the room, like me and Russo or Francois, or not, look across the room, pat our head, and just go. <laughs> what is what is the origin of the head the head patting? That's what you do. <laughs> and then you're and then you do like this reaction with like horse lips, and that's why we're all. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's exactly what you're talking about right now. You just did that for 10 minutes into the microphone <laughs> i mean i guess i was i, I always i you you make me self-conscious of stuff like that i guess i don't there. think that's true no, no 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 but like after the fact you know i'll say my piece i'll say my entire thing that i'm gonna say and then I you'll say part of the problem is i'm the type of person who uh doesn't completely 
I don't know, trust everyone at face value and you're so goddamn sincere about everything. <laughs> I don't know what to fucking make of it. Because everything you say and everything, all the every conversation you have, whatever viewpoint you're going from, it's it seems like it could be pandering or whatever to your audience. Yeah. But I know you that it's like, you're just completely sincerely engaged in that thing. And it, it makes my processing go haywire. Cause I don't understand how the fuck you do that. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's ingrained in me. It's who I am. Like, I mean the, the, I think, yeah, I think people are pissed off a lot of times that I, I've run across a lot of people in my life um, that think uh, that maybe I seem disgenuine to them because I'm overly genuine. Um, so they, they they don't trust it. Right. You know, they, you know, like I become instantly this untrustworthy, weird person. Um, and I, I attribute it to being overly passionate about too many things, possibly. Um it's it's been a cause for not a lot of concern, but it's definitely made a few people react strangely to me. People from the Midwest don't like me usually um, at Which all. Which is weird because the Midwest is like pretty much like take everything at face value, aren't they? I mean, I guess. I thought they were young and restless. In the Midwest? Yeah, it's don't worry about it. So the um the was it it was probably I guess it was this girl Alice who was the first person to overtly say that um that I seemed somewhat untrustworthy and that uh she was friends with um Kim who was uh Kim and Madeline and Madeline and Kim were rooming at the time and they uh I remember this girl. Oh, Alice was Dollar Gelato girl. And she described me as smarmy to everybody. And I thought, wow, isn't that, isn't that just the nicest thing? <laughs> isn't that the nicest way to describe someone? Um, because you so, don't understand what it means? <laughs> no, I'm being sarcastic. Oh, okay. I mean, the, but it's like, but that's the thing is like, I thought, um, you know, Wow, that's like uh, that's crazy. And I've, I've, you know, I've, I had after that, I hung up with the girl a couple times, and she seemed very nice, and just kind of maybe, uh, uh, I don't know, overly educated, and you know, kind of in a very weird Midwestern, not necessarily pompousy way, but like, you know, not to overly judge her you know but it, i thought it was really funny that's a really interesting first reaction you know um i'm gonna let my and dogs I, out real quick i'll be right back all right Um, we're, we're doing, we're, we're smooth sailing. I, uh, this, we could this be is done. a heavily, uh, 
nostalgic episode. It's a, it's a trip down memory lane. Everything's a trip down memory lane now. I I want you to like. I, wait, yeah, I, I did say bagel story. I do want you to tell that one what in the fuck is bagel this, story. Well, you should fucking listen back to the episodes from fucking last May or something, so you can listen to you can rehear it. That story was insane. The woman in the bagel with the the oh uh, yeah yeah. I, don't don't tell it now. I'm not going I'm to because it'll be all ramshackle. But yeah, bagel, that that <laughs> bagel lady. I've seen her more than once there. Oh really? Yeah. That's awful. Oh. Anyway, we, we should we should conclude this this uh, this segment probably. I think. Oh, yeah? Um, just I mean, just so I don't drive Kim fucking bonkers. All right. Because uh, she's back. Um do have so much to say oh i also wanted to say as a correction to now many episodes ago i think i spelled ornithology wrong i spelled it o-r-n-o and it's o-r-n-i um so just this is my that's my follow-up correction there were like a bunch of other things that i listened to and i was like well that's just wrong um yeah i mean i i think a lot of the first few episodes we might have come off as pretty uneducated and talking out of our asses as we discovered things that we probably already knew. But that's fine because, like, <laughs> that's like, uh, like you were saying the thing with the with the headphones and picking up the the signal that right. your your friend instantly was like, you know, this is why this is and blah blah blah. blah. So it's like I, that's why I was saying I would love to have like an expert, like someone should just, you know, either text you or i or if they don't have our number email the email or whatever um and then you know be the expert for that one thing so you know because if you have a wide audience you you have so many people which i hope to eventually have a wide audience you have so many people who are just experts in their own field which is so i don't know it's the beauty of uh all of us being weird and different Right? <laughs> I wish there was a... Someone should make a, a a gif of you doing that thing on your head. They should No, they should make it of you doing that thing on your head. I've never done that thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. So how did it become your thing, then? I don't know. I'd never... I, why would I pat my head? <laughs> I don't know. Why do you pat your head? I've never done it. Uh, you're going to be self-conscious of it now. You're going to realize you're doing it. I don't pat my head. It's not something. Why would I pat my head while I was um, pontificating?
lourde, on part la vanne puis on saute On pointe la 175 nord, on vire à Jean-Pierre à soi Et y'a pas vache qui belle, puis là c'est encore l'hiver Mon olive à ville neuve qui nous chauffe notre enfer Tout le monde est frime bien dur, on s'y fait à l'usure Ça parle de gear puis de mauvaise fait, check point de message qui nous invite Notre toutes nos visions, c'est bonne femme, nos propres raisons, faut votre charme Anyways, les wipes peuvent cette jazz, ça sent ça très nord Puis avant de la reprendre vers le sud, pense que la veillée va être un peu rude On part 400 km à faire sa map que je donnerais bien tout le monde qui change pour pas de sorprendre juste un peu de sens des bouches me dis c'est beau ce correct pour un temps m'en faire avec je fly au 5 à 7 voir la gang à Brissette les guignes nous twist des petites épices pis on profite de la Saint-Maurice capote bien reste un moitié fou y'a pas question que je rentre chez nous soit là j'ai pas fait attention au pouvoir surtout fait de moi pis je n'ai viré de sacrament avec la belle Kenville l'autre soir Ça, pis des fois, ben, ça fera. 